0: Thank you for tuning in to Weathering the Storm Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles.
1: Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you so much for listening in today. We are now in season three of Weathering the Storm, and today we come to episode number 10. We have been looking at some biblical examples, looking at individuals who faced many trying times, faced the storms of life, And they were able to overcome them. And so by looking to their example, we can learn a lot from them and hopefully be able to make the application to our lives as we face storms today. I appreciate so much everyone listening. And I certainly hope that that these episodes have been helpful, something that you can take with you throughout your day-to-day walk with the Lord. And I am looking forward to this episode with you today. As always, before we dive into the lesson, I would like uh, to remind you that the Weathering the Storm podcast has joined the Scattered Abroad Network, and I'm privileged to be a part of this network, excited about uh, the opportunities and the potential that this network has to uh, spread the gospel, and again, just honored to be a part of it. If you haven't already, go like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, and most importantly, we ask that you will please pray for this effort as we strive to spread the word of god as far as we possibly can. In our last episode we examined the example of Ezra and we discussed how Ezra was able to maintain a godly life and he was able to maintain the course even though he lived in a sinful society. And we talked about how those were uh, there were those who were giving in to pagan marriage and and the sin that that, that was there and yet by Ezra's faithfulness and by his example, he was able to weather the storm. And in fact, he encouraged others to make things right. And so, I enjoyed that study of Ezra. I hope that was helpful. But today, we want to look to the example of Nehemiah. When you study your Bible, and if you're like me, sometimes you have to sing the song, the Bible songs, just to remember where everything's at. But we kind of put Ezra and Nehemiah together, don't we? When you hear Ezra, sometimes that's exactly what you think is Nehemiah. We think about Ezra and Nehemiah and, and their work as the Jews came back from captivity. You had Ezra trying to restore uh, this this uh, respect for God, this reverence for God. You see him uh, standing there in, in Nehemiah chapter 8 and, and uh, reading through the book of the, the law of the Lord. Ezra the scribe, he stood on a platform of wood and he, he opened the book in the sight of the people And he read distinctively from the law of God so they could understand it. And so again, that was kind of Ezra's purpose was to get them back to restore that. So from a spiritual standpoint, but Nehemiah's work was more of restoring the physical structure. Of course, there's some spiritual application there and no doubt uh, he did this to the glory of God. But in Nehemiah chapter one, if you have your Bibles, I invite you there as we begin. We wanna notice that Nehemiah, faced the storm of opposition. He faced the storm of opposition from within and from without. And what a difficult task it was for him to go back to the city that he loved, uh, to the people that he loved, and to to have to work under some very uh, harsh harsh conditions, again, facing opposition. As you come to Nehemiah chapter 1, you see his love for Jerusalem, love for God, love for God's people. In verse 2 of chapter 1, it says that Nehemiah asked the people concerning the Jews who had escaped, those who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to him, The survivors who were left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. This is the news that he gets, and in verse 4, we see his response. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. This troubled Nehemiah very, very much. You know, last episode we we talked about Ezra and how the sin of the people bothered him so much. Nehemiah is extremely hurt. He's extremely bothered by the fact that Jerusalem was destroyed, that the, the wall of Jerusalem had been broken down. And he knows that that he has a responsibility to go back and to try to help them get back on their feet and to move forward. In verses 5 through 11, that's through the end of the chapter there in chapter 1, we have one of the most beautiful prayers recorded in the Word of God. And we won't take the time to read it during this episode, but I'd like to encourage you to go and to read that at some point today. Read that beautiful prayer, Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 5 through 11, and I'd venture to say that this is something that he could refer back to when he needed strength, when he needed focus. He could go back to this prayer and remember, you know what, I've taken this to God in prayer and I know that he's gonna be there for me. A great lesson that we can learn. When we face opposition, when we face difficult times, the first thing we need to do is go to God in prayer. Before any kind of action, let's make sure we go to God in prayer. So Nehemiah does that. He understands that God is the one who can help him and he's going to take a, a very uh, large task, a very uh, huge responsibility. But he knows that God's going to be with him. If you, if you have your Bibles there, I want you to leave chapter 1 and go to chapter 4 with me. Nehemiah chapter 4. Here's where we want to get into our, our three main points today, considering what Nehemiah had to face, how he weathered this storm of opposition, how he was able to weather it, again, in hopes that, that it can help us. You know, we face all kinds of opposition, don't we? Like Nehemiah, we face it from within. We face it from without. We have stress levels that that vary. There's all kinds of things uh, that are just thrown our way in life sometimes. We face opposition. We, we struggle with many, many things. But as one of my coaches used to say, it's not what happens to us that matters, but how we respond. I didn't appreciate that. You know, years ago when I was in high school playing ball, but 10 years later, now that I have a family, now that I'm in the full-time ministry, now that I'm coaching, those words mean a lot to me. It's not what happens to us that matters, but how we respond. You know, there are a lot of things in life that we can't control, but we can control how we respond. We can control our attitude. We can control our effort. We can determine, we can make the choice how we want to respond to opposition. With those thoughts in mind, let's let's consider what we find in chapter 4. After Nehemiah goes to God in prayer, he goes to view the walls of Jerusalem and he gets to work. He wants to rise up and build and the people are there with him. He rallies the troops, they're building the wall. In fact, in chapter 3, we have many, many people who come to the work of uh, rebuilding the wall. But in chapter four, beginning in verse one, let's notice that Nehemiah faced opposition. But it so happened when Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. You may be saying, well, well who is Samballot? Let well, go back to chapter two for a moment, verse 19. We have Sembalat. we have uh Tobiah, we have Gisham, we have some individuals who are not Jews, but they're cut they're outsiders if you will. And they're coming in and they're mocking the Jews for trying to rebuild this wall. And they want to to stop them from working. In fact, in verse 19 of chapter 2, it says they laughed at us and they despised us. You know, they they're trying to doubt the Jews. You you there's no way you can rebuild this wall. Look at all this work. You're not going to be able to do it. You're wasting your time. Nehemiah is trying to rally the troops. He's trying to have this encouragement, this this positive vibe for everyone to follow. And here we have the opposition. And so he definitely faced it. And so in verse one of chapter four, we see that Zimbalat was was furious. He was indignant because the people were actually doing it. They were rebuilding the wall. But in verse seven, we find this. It happened when Zimbalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Create confusion. Start to pull people away one part of time. Hey, are, are you serious about rebuilding this wall? Do you really want to be doing this right now? Why don't you go home and enjoy time with your family? This is a waste of time. It'll never happen. Trying to create doubt, Again, trying to create confusion. And so no doubt, we, we, we see that Nehemiah faced opposition. But in the second place, notice with me that Nehemiah fought opposition. He fought against the opposition. Notice verse 6 of chapter 4. This is in view of the attacks that are coming from Sembala and others. So we built the wall. And the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. Have you ever heard the phrase mind over matter? I know that's something that my mom has said to me for years and years. Mind over matter. Is it difficult? Yes. But mentally, you can focus and you can can do amazing things. God has blessed us with the ability to do things that we don't think we can. But if we put our mind to it, there's a lot of things that we can do, a lot of things that, uh, that we can overcome. Here we, we see mind over matter. The people had a mind to work. This was their focus. Their mentality was right. They knew they had a tall task, but their mentality was, you know what? We're going to work. We're, we're going to do our best. We're going to rebuild this wall. And so in spite of that opposition, we see Nehemiah leading the charge of what it would take to fight the opposition. Look at verse 9 in chapter 4 nevertheless okay so in spite of the opposition we made our prayer to our god and because of them we set a watch against them day and night we made our prayer to our god you know when we face opposition and we stand up to fight it let's make sure that we're doing so with god if god before us who can be against us romans eight thirty one. God it will never leave us nor forsake us, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. We need to put our trust in him and know that when we go to, to fight, when we go to battle, the Lord's going to be with us. I'm reminded of what David said when he faced Goliath. The battle does not mine. The battle belongs to the Lord. Let's remember that. So Nehemiah faced opposition, but he also fought opposition. Look at verse 14 before we leave the second point. Nehemiah looked and he arose and he said to the nobles, to the leaders, to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your house. What a powerful, powerful statement. You know, from a spiritual standpoint, it's time for Christians to stand up and fight. Fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your family. You fight for them. And Nehemiah was able to encourage these people to stand and fight with him. And so we learn that Nehemiah is weathering this storm of opposition. First, first we notice that he faced the opposition, but how did he respond? He fought it. He fought against that opposition. But third and finally, Nehemiah stayed faithful in spite of the opposition. We go back to verse 9 for a moment. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God. You know, that nevertheless is a word that you find all throughout Scripture. And it's a powerful thought. It's basically saying, in view of all of this, taking all this into consideration, even though all this is happening, this is what I'm going to do. Nevertheless, this is my mentality. This is my focus. That's what Nehemiah is saying. No matter what comes my way, I am going to turn to God. I'm going to stay faithful to Him. Brethren and friends, that's the exact mentality that we need to have. No matter what opposition I may face, no matter uh, if it comes from within, if it comes from without, I need to put my trust and my faith in God and, and know that He is able, He's willing and able to carry me through and to help me weather the storm. Look back to verses 14 and 15 with me before we get to the application today. Again, he he told the people, do not be afraid. You fight, but you remember the Lord is great and he's awesome. You remember that. You remember that you are not in this battle alone. We're doing something for the cause of the Lord. And that would uh, encourage them to keep going. But I love verse 15. You want to put your adversaries to shame. You want the opposition to see that you're not going to be fazed. Verse 15, and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. Don't you love that? Their opponents, their adversaries, they they finally figured it out. You know we've been we've been harping on them. We've been trying to to cause them to stop and create confusion. It's not working. You know why? Because these people had a mentality, a focus. Nothing was going to take it away from them. They were going to do this for the Lord, and God was with them. God had brought the evil plot to nothing, and they knew they were being defeated. What a powerful point to make! Because the same God is in control today. And he'll bring the evil plots, the wickedness, to nothing. We just need to make sure we're on the right side. The winning side, of course, that's God's side. What is the application that we can make today? What are some things that maybe we can take from Nehemiah and how he was able to weather the storm? How can we apply that to our lives? Number one, as Christians, we are to expect opposition. You know, Nehemiah faced that opposition. He, he met it head on. But we have to remember that he did face it. And we as Christians need to go into our Christian lives knowing that, you know what, we're going to face that opposition. When I study with someone and, and they're ready to obey the gospel, I tell them, you know, this is a fight. This is going to be, you're going to have to agonize. You're going to have to strive. The Christian life is the best life. It's the blessed life. It's the abundant life, John 10, 10. But there are going to be times where you're going to struggle. Make the commitment now. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you take up your cross daily and follow me, Luke nine twenty three. He also said that no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God, Luke nine sixty two. We have to make sure that once we make that decision, we count the cost. And we say, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. We are going to face opposition. We need to prepare ourselves for it. In 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12, Paul says, all who strive to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We're going to face opposition. You know, by us trying to live a righteous, godly life, we're going to face opposition from those who are not. They don't want nothing to do with us. They want to see us fail. We have to make sure that we face the opposition the right way, like Nehemiah did. How how did he respond? He fought it. How are we to respond? Let's fight the opposition. In First Timothy 6 and verse 12, Paul told Timothy, you fight the good fight. You lay hold on eternal life. You know, we don't have to fight every fight that we're called to. Some fights aren't worth fighting. But when it comes to the good fight, we need to stand up and fight it. Soldiers of Christ need to arise. We need to put our armor on. We need to fight the good fight of faith, Ephesians 6. Jude would, would write about this. He wanted to write about the common salvation, but there was something more pressing. And it was that Christians needed to earnestly contend for the faith. Fight for it. And what a message we need to hear today. Let's fight for it. Fight for the truth. Stand up for it. And so we're going to face opposition. But how will we respond? Hopefully we will, we will fight against it. Finally, we notice that Nehemiah stayed faithful in spite of opposition. And that's exactly what we must do. Now, when we talk about opposition, it may be, a physical illness that you have it may be a relationship problem that you have it may be that you're dealing with a co-worker that seems to just always try to bring you down or, or even a family member that tries to bring you down it may just be that it's sin and we know that satan opposes us he is our adversary he's against us he wants to see us fail but we must stay faithful, even with that opposition coming at us. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, one of my favorite passages, Peter says that our adversary, the devil, he's like a, a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. A, a lot of times we'll we'll quote verse 8, but we miss verse 9. Verse 9 says, Resist him steadfast in the faith, just like your brethren are doing around the world. You can, and I can, resist opposition from Satan. We can't. And we must. James 4 and verse 7. Flee from the devil. He'll flee from you. You submit to God. Draw near to God. And God will draw near to you. Let's fight it. And let's stay faithful. Finally, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 regardless of the opposition we may face, let's stay faithful. And that will help us to weather the storm. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that we can learn from Nehemiah how how we are to face the storm of opposition and that we will come through knowing that God is with us every step of the way. Again, I thank you so much for listening. hope this has been helpful. May God bless you.